Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from Long Island, New York, the best wrestling podcast in the world, Joseph Crush, Nikki Noodles, Bad News Canali, and Nick Jersey, the Wrestling Journal Podcast. This is indeed the Wrestling Journal Podcast brought to you by the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. This is episode 152 of the Wrestling Journal Podcast. We have some social medias. We want you to follow them and interact with us. You can find us on Twitter at WrestleBuzz with three Zs, on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at WrestleBuzz. You can find us anywhere where you can download podcasts by simply searching the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. And when I say network, I mean multiple shows. You have the Wrestling Journal Podcast with me, myself, and I. And yeah, there's also Joseph Crush, Nikki Noodles, and Bad News, Tom Canale. You have From the Top Rope with Gurge Brooms and Project Kayfabe with Joe and Quad Day. We try to do is bring you guys a little something different, even though we're all talking about wrestling. We're talking about our perspectives a little bit different. Um, each show is definitely different, in my opinion. Um, all good shows, just giving you different perspectives from different guys who have different appreciations for all of professional wrestling or sports entertainment, depending on which side of the line you fall on. All we do is ask you to leave a five-star rating or review on Apple and Spotify as it helps with the algorithm. And when it, when you do, when people do search for a wrestling podcast, we'll come up more on the top of the feed and hopefully be able to reach more people and share the love of professional wrestling or, again, sports entertainment. Um, we do have some sponsors. First, Nerd Focus. It's that energy think drink for your mind, body, and soul. Nerd Focus, it gets you through your days, nights, and your weekends. It is delicious. We love it here at the podcast. You want a little sugar-free option? We got you. Um, want a little sugar in your life? If you're not getting some sugar like Nick E. Noodles, you need a little sugar. So we they have that option too. All we do is ask you to, to use the link in our social media bio. Once you use that link, uh, you can shop Nerd Focus, order two or more, get free shipping, use the code ND20 at checkout, and get 20% for your entire order. That code will never expire. But if there is a better code, meaning there is a better percentage of savings, we will, of course, always tell you. But drink Nerd with us. Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash Wrestle Buzz. Support the brand. Wear the shirt. Love the shirt. The shirt. More shirt uh, analogies. Um, it's a great shirt, all jokes aside. Um, I love it. It's great. Joey, again, don't make me a liar to the fans. Put out more merch. It's ridiculous now. Uh, and last but not least, the Paper Champion Fantasy Wrestling Done Right. The Paper Champion is your one stop for all your fantasy wrestling needs. Let's get into the show. So unfortunately, on a somber note, um, we do have to report the passing of the Iron Sheik. Uh, I believe he was 81 years old. Um, the Iron Sheik did pass away this this week. Um, the Iron Sheik is, God, known for so, so many things. I mean, his feud with with Hulk Hogan, just to name something on the top of my head. If you follow him on social media, his tweets were some of the absolute best tweets i have ever seen i love that he just gets at people he speaks raw um i just resort today the howard stern interview when they had um when they said the macho man called in and was talking shit about him and how he was trying to take off his pants and show his uh his girth size his girth and length um which i thought was absolutely hysterical the iron sheik was a special special guy 
Um, he wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but man, that guy was cool. Um, you know, it just, it's just sad. Unfortunately, when you hear names like this guys in the industry with that are synonymous with where we are today in wrestling in terms of, you know, one of the, one of the guys, one of the pioneers of, of being a, a cool, bad guy and just being hated and revered, but, um, but also respected at the same time. Right. Or maybe disrespected, depending again, what side of the fence you're on. But, um, we want to obviously, um, send our condolences to the Sheik family and, and may he rest in peace. Um, since we record the show on Thursdays, last Friday night SmackDown was a show that, of course, I wasn't able to cover because we recorded the show on Thursday. But boy, oh boy, SmackDown was a good show. You know, qualifying Money in the Bank matches, good moments, good segments. But there was one segment that, that stuck out. Um, that final segment of the coronation of the new title for Roman Reigns. Now, of course, we have the new World Heavyweight title, which almost has like five titles built into it to kind of pay homage to prior World Heavyweight Championships. Well, well done. Um, the Roman Reigns title, again, I'm happy he's not going to be carrying two anymore. I'm you know, happy to get rid of the blue one. I thought the, I thought the, I guess the original Heavyweight Championship belt um, before the new one that Seth Rollins has was actually a pretty cool design. Um, and this new one has gold. And I guess, you know, gold signifying the top of the mountain, the head of the table. Um, I like it. I think it looks good. I mean, it, to me, it's almost looks like a Super Bowl ring. If if I had to like kind of look at it. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> one more time. Okay. But it looks like a Super Bowl ring. Just a giant one that you wear around your waist. That's kind of the best way I can kind of, I guess, describe it, in my opinion. So I do think it looks good. I like it personally. I know Joey likes it. I think Nick doesn't like it, but he doesn't like anything. The guy's a Sour Patch Kid. And uh, Tommy, uh, you know, I think he can, you know, take it or leave it. I don't think he's bothered one way or another just to give his opinion. But um, I do like it. Like I said, my best comparison is it looks like just like a nice Super Bowl ring that you would wear after winning the big game. And Roman Reigns has won the big game of wrestling life. And uh, he's got that big one. So really, really cool title. Um, nice little moment from Triple H to acknowledge him like, you know, like he did. And, and it did feel very big and important, um, which is really cool. He also used the same table that was used for when The Rock got his title when he beat, I want to say CM Punk, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, when he took the title of CM Punk when he was champion more recently for a little bit of time. So, but um, the one moment I want to kind of get to is when they were coordinating. Um, Roman Reigns with the new championship, the Usos did come down, Jimmy and Jay, and um, pretty much kind of telling Roman, like, yo, listen, we got to get back on the bandwagon. Like, this ain't the bloodline unless we all family. And, I mean, he's not wrong. But is he right? I don't know. So watching this segment kind of break down and looking at how, you know, looking at, like, you know, the way Roman's body language was, Solo, Paul Heyman, Jimmy, Jay, um, Jimmy Palm, I guess, Palm Smack, I don't even know what he calls it, Palm Smack, he like Palm pushed him. I know there's a different word for him. I don't think, I'm not thinking of it right, but he pretty much pushed his head out the way, very similar to what he did, what Roman did to Jay um, at uh, in Saudi at Night of Champions. And it looked like for a moment, Solo was going to stand with his brothers because they are his brothers. They are his blood, first blood. Um, little to be known that he would Samoan spike Jimmy Uso and poor Jay just sitting there with his hands on his face. Again, this guy has gone through trauma in his life. If you look up all the pictures, 
um, of all the memes of Jay and his hands on his face. It will literally crack you up. Um, but the way we left SmackDown was pretty much that Roman, Roman Solo and Paul went up the ramp and pretty much said that Jay will fall in line. So Friday Night SmackDown will be a must watch to kind of see where this storyline goes. I think it was viewed by like more than like 40 million people in like such a short period of time. It was a huge, huge viewership. Um, I think it even broke 2 million plus views when that segment went on on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, too. I'm sure Joey, and actually I know for a fact Joey put something on social media. That's probably where I got the stat from. Um, but what a, what a segment. And I just, I know we say it every week and I don't want to keep harping on the same thing. And I'm not trying to be a homer for WWE or, or any company to try to call it down the middle. But this storyline, it just, you think it's done. It's not done. You think it's over. They just peel back another layer. Now it's about Jay. I said it last week on the show that if someone is going to beat Roman, it's going to be Jay. It should be Jay. He needs to be the next big main eventer. And having Jay be put in this situation, choose between Jimmy and, and, and Roman and Solo, Jay will choose right. We will get that match. Jay will dethrone the Tribal Chief one day. But one day, that day may not be soon. But what a what a moment, what a segment. Absolutely fantastic. Um, going to Raw this week, solid Raw up and down the card. Um, started off well, and I thought it ended well. Um, when you get on free TV, KO and Gunther. I love that KO has like this anger thing about him that he yelled at Imperium saying like, you guys broke the rule. We didn't say your name. Because that's the unwritten rule, right? If you say a superstar's name, or a wrestler's name, they automatically show up. They didn't say Imperium's name, and they showed up. And that pissed KO off, and KO wasn't having it. So the ring general walked up to KO, got in his face, and KO wasn't having it. He's like, I'll see you in the ring. Match was made official in the commercial break, and what a banger we got. And I don't want to say banger because it wasn't similar to the physicality of what you know Gunther and Sheamus and Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew – but I'm saying banger just from an absolute star match. It was fantastic. I don't think Gunther can wrestle a bad match. I, I just, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle a bad match. It's, it's mind blowing on what level this guy is performing at. And KO right now is just having the time of his life with the bloodline story. Now being the tag champs with, with Sammy and, and now having this feud with Gunther and Imperium, you know, what, what a way to move from one faction to another faction and still be a headliner. It doesn't have to be just about the tag titles. It could it could also just be about the feud. And I think that's what's really, really cool about this, that it's not that KO is going after the IC title. And it's not that Gunther's going to the tag titles. But we have a good story kind of brewing with these guys. And it was, again, a great, great match. Um, <clears throat> we did have the debut of Caden and Katana, which I thought was really, really cool because, again, we have these women tag team championships and i've always been someone in the past to always say you know it's great to have belts but belts mean nothing without feuds and feuds mean nothing without strong champions and storyline building so when you look at ronda and Shayna, who again i think individually just weren't hitting the strides that they were intended to hit as uh stars on the main roster putting them together that was actually a great idea and to be honest i feel like they feel more comfortable together like you can tell Listen, the promos aren't going to be groundbreaking whether they were together or not. They would need Paul Heyman to make their promos groundbreaking. 
but you can definitely tell they have a, a comfortability with each other when they work off of each other, they speak about each other because they have that real life connection and bond. And when life imitates reality, well, when reality imitates, I guess, your wrestling life, it kind of it kind of helps. So it feels a little bit more organic and more authentic, which I can appreciate. Um, but we had a great match and we've been always treated as a good match with Kate and Katana because we can honestly stay for for the last couple of years. Like they're the, probably one of the truest, if not the truest tag team in women that we have because they go back to years in NXT and they come up and they delivered on the main roster against Shayna and Ronda who Ronda, I, I don't want to call her limited, but she doesn't have the experience of a Shayna or some of the other ladies on the, on the roster. But I think all in all, that was a well-produced match. Um, Caden and Katana, even in a loss looked very good. They had their spots. They had their moments. And you did not make Ronda and and Shayna look weak, even being heels. They looked strong by getting the win. They looked strong in the moments of the matches. They flowed really well together. And like again, Caden and Katana have been doing this for a while, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to perform at the same level uh, in NXT. And I say down there because that's in Florida. And yes, you can argue developmental, but I'd still like to say they were put on some. They're definitely found their stride more recently, um, and and probably for the last year plus. Um, it was a really really good match. Um, the match that we had closed the night, which was uh, Seth Rollins defending his uh, World Heavyweight Championship against Damian Priest. Now, the Judgment Day has been doing fantastic work. Um, is it to be said that Bad Bunny put over Damian Priest and made him a, a main eventer? Maybe. I'm just kidding, but maybe I'm not. Um, which, again, I'm only kidding, of course. Um, but Damian Priest just feels and looks much more important than his first time come up as the archer of infamy and him trying to like navigate and find his way as a member of of the judgment day i think his role has been defined it looks good when you look at him and balor you see in my opinion i know i think it's probably an easy one but i'll use the analogy anyway kevin nash and Shawn michaels type but priest can go and it was clear as day that that main event, he could absolutely go. He showed that he deserves to be a main eventer and should be in that title picture or in those, say, more upper, upper echelon feuds. Um, so I was very, very happy to see that. Seth Rollins doesn't need any more praise. We praise him enough as it is. But again, really, really good main event. It was really cool that Raw just felt like a big, important show. Like they started off hot. They finished hot. Um, and it was just really cool to see, you know, with the NHL um, Stanley Cup going on, with the NBA Finals going on, baseball being in full swing, you know, wrestling in the summer months could be maybe a little bit less viewed than it is in some of the more winter months, right? Because football's only on on Sundays. You know, I, I know we get the one Thursday night game and, and stuff like that, but it's primarily on Sunday. So it's good to even see in a very high time with sports, golf, NASCAR, movies, life in general that Raw did not take this Monday off and that they put out a, a good show. So very, very happy to see it. But we did end Raw with Seth Rollins retaining, but there was a stare-off. There was a standoff between him and, and Finn Balor. And I mean, I wish to, if Tommy was here, I'd ask him to correct me if I was wrong. But I don't think we have gotten a true... No, I know for a fact we haven't gotten a rematch between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor for the title. They have, I'm sure they've wrestled each other since when 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 uh, Finn won the first ever Universal Championship back when it was the red title. Um, but I know they've wrestled each other, but I don't think we've gotten a rematch. And I love this idea of this tease of this rematch um, because we deserve to see that. Maybe at Money in the Bank, we are going to be in London. 
a lot of Irish are going to travel there from what Kevin Patrick said on, on commentary um, because they will sing his song, but they will also love Finn. So how fun would that be to have the fit, have the crowd split, but all together because they love both guys. Those are always kind of fun matches. Um, I do hope we see it and I'm excited. Let's move to NXT. So the big thing that stuck out to NXT, actually two things, big things stuck out to NXT this week, in my opinion, is that we had Thea Hale crowned as the number one contender. She won the battle Royal. I'm not going to lie as a betting man. I didn't think she was going to win it, but why not? Right. Tiffany Stratton, if you asked a couple months ago, would she be a future champion? Yes. Yeah. I think, I think any smart fan could see that, but would she be our champion this soon? I don't think anyone would have really called it, but we have her. She's our center of our universe, and that's fine with me. Um, but I think this is cool, giving Thea Hale a little bit of a, a you know a little bit of a chance to kind of have a little feud with with Tiffany. So um, I'm always in for fresh matches and fresh opportunities. That's kind of what NXT is about. And you know, in order to build the next crop of serious NXT women stars, I think it's a good chance to give Thea Hale an opportunity. I mean, she's only 19 or 20. Um, she's not even legal to drink, which is crazy. And she's down there just doing her thing, which is great. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, both super athletic girls. I think I think Thea's made some tremendous strides from when she kind of started. She was on that little losing streak for a little while. I've been enjoying her time with Duke Hudson and the whole um, Chase University, you know, angle. So this will be kind of cool for her to kind of chase the title and, and see how it goes. Um, I don't know when the match is off the top of my head, but I know that we do have NXT, um, the Great American Bash coming up um, in the future. So maybe it'll be there. But um, if I'm wrong, just tweet me at uh, at WrestleBuzz3Z and Joey will defend me if uh, you come for me. Um, but if you come for Nick, we encourage it. So please do. And we did close the show with Braun Breaker challenging Seth Rollins, acknowledging he was the first ever NXT champion and wanting him to come down to NXT to challenge him for the World Heavyweight Championship. So that will be interesting. We will get Monday Night Raw, of course, where we get NXT. So let's see if Seth Rollins actually makes mention about Braun Breaker. And do you think the World Heavyweight Champion would actually show up on Wednesday night? Time will tell. Um, real interesting on Braun's, on Braun's point, but I'm loving the very tan uh, goatee version of Braun. I'm enjoying it. I like that he seems much more natural actually as a heel than he does as a face, in my opinion. So I'm happy that they didn't take too much time and try to continue to push him as a face. I know that they needed a face to take the title off of Champa when he did. And then also, to, I guess, take it back from Dolph Ziggler. But, you know, I think Braun seems more natural as a badass and a badass heel, in my opinion. So I'm enjoying this about Braun. So this should be fun to see how it goes out. Uh, moving over to Dynamite, um, Orange Cassidy continued his reign as international champion when he took on he uh, he took on and defeated Swerve. Um, Swerve's good, man. I, I I know that sometimes he's he's had his things where it's been you know swerving swerving our glory, and he's been in a tag team, and then he did his whole you know mogul affiliates, and now it's oh, what is the new group's name? Embassy of the Mogul Affiliates, adjacent LLC, sole proprietor um, corporation. Um, I forget the name of it. It's not coming to me. But nonetheless, no matter whatever group you call it in or whatever he's doing, the guy can absolutely wrestle. What a match that was, man. Um, kudos to Orange Cassidy just for continuing to just defend this title 
Um, I, I just, you know, he literally just opens up shows and defense titles, closes shows, defense titles, middle of the mat, middle of the card, just defense titles. Um, really enjoying him, and uh, and I do appreciate uh, a great match with Sorv. Um, we did get an announcement for our first main event of Collision. That's going to be after being attacked by Juice Robinson and Switchblade Jay White. You're going to get FTR taking on Jay White and Switchblade, including Samoa Joe with Jay and Juice and CM Punk with FTR. Now, they are in Chicago, so that is his hometown. So he'd probably get all the love because, hey, listen, we love our hometown people. But what better good feeling than to give the team that everyone loves, and I don't mean just the acclaimed FTR, a chance to team up with CM Punk because that always seemed like a missed opportunity because they are friends um, and whatnot. So it's like, okay, let's take advantage of this opportunity this time around and let's actually do this thing. Um, so again, to reiterate, the main event of Collision next week is going to be CM Punk and FTR taking on Samoa Joe, Jay Wright, and Juice Robinson, which again, you know, they just kicked off a little storyline of, of FTR getting attacked. So I'm sure we can revisit it this week. Um, and then you just hold CM Punk out till collision. Just let the fan just get excited. Just like when he debuted some, some years ago and um, what that moment was for them and, and how that went across and maybe make the second time around more meaningful. And let's just hope that everyone could stay in line. No one is bit dogs, humans, and, and whatnot. All right. Everyone stay safe, please. Um, what a promo for MJF and Cole. What a promo. I did not. I know. I know. I, I the question was last week who could be MJF's next opponent. I thought it could be Cole. I thought they maybe would hold it off a little bit more after his first, I guess, true initial feud back with Chris Jericho. Now it's complete. <clears throat> but I guess why not? I mean, MJF alluded to it, right? Big music, all the merch, the girl, the reality show, everything AEW has done more recently since signing him and him coming back has been to promote Adam Cole as the big guy, the big face, the biggest face in the company. Now, when you go against Jericho, Jericho, great heel, JAS, a bunch of schmoes, but again, so on and so forth, you know, Cole is the, is the big face and, and he deserves to go over and he did go over. Now you have him going up against MJF, who is arguably probably the most beloved in AEW, no matter that he's a heel. Just because he speaks what he speaks, he does what he does, and he backs it up. And you don't care what you're going to say or what you're going to think of him. He will do his thing. And I, and I, I love that about him. I, I really do. Um, I thought it was really funny, the callback to the, um, the promo between Karrion Cross and Adam Cole back in NXT when he says, they're going to ring the bell. And, um, and I'm just going to wrestle. I'm not, I, I know I'm not doing that, that justice, right? But I just love the callback that, MJF said, once they ring the bell, like it's, it's my, this is my place in here. Um, getting angry in his face. This is exciting. This is a great, great feud for the summer, man. You want a hot summer, um, hot wrestling summer. We'll call it right. Um, we'll try to see if we can get that started. So, um, hot wrestling summer and, um, MJF and Cole. I mean, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Um, I don't think early on they're going to take the title of MJF. And I think if you want to have Cole be that really beloved, believable face, you're going to have to have to build him down to break him down to build him back up again and continue to build him up because, you know, 
Cole is a very easy natural heel, but he's also a really cool guy that you want to love at the same time. Um, so it'll be very interesting how this feud goes, but I just cannot wait for continued just promos between these two guys. It's going to be great. So, but that's what I had this week for the wrestling journal podcast. That was my little talk and breakdown of some of the top stories and moments in wrestling this week. It is MVP time. This one's tough. A lot of good moments from last last Friday SmackDown till today on Thursday when I'm recording this. Um, gosh, thinking about it, I'm gonna say that my MVP is Finn Balor. And I know it's like, wait a second, Finn didn't wrestle. I know, I know he didn't wrestle. But the fact is that Finn is back doing the best stuff he's going to do, and he's going to have a feud with Seth Rollins going to the summer that could either culminate at Money in the Bank or main event SummerSlam. And I think either way, SummerSlam being the biggest show of the summer, arguably the second or third best pay-per-view all year, or going to uh, going to the uh, the O2 Arena and main eventing over there, I think is super, super important. And I think it's going to be imperative because there was rumors earlier this year that management is behind Finn Balor and that we're going to see why. And it clearly sees from that being stated to where we are right now in June and where we could be going with this potential feud that Finn Balor will be in a prominent storyline, either main eventing Money in the Bank or main eventing SummerSlam. And that is exciting. And that is my reason. Finn Balor, you are my MVP. All right. This was episode 152 of the Wrestling Journal podcast. You can find us on social media, on Twitter at WrestleBuzz with three Zs, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at WrestleBuzz. You can download us anywhere where you can download podcasts by simply searching the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. We are the Wrestling Journal podcast. There is from the Top Row Podcast and also Project K Fabe. We love wrestling. In the words of Joseph Crush, everyone, take care. Stay safe. Watch. Pro.